1: It's Friday, December 6th, 2019. You're listening to the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Huckabee. I'm here in Nashville, Tennessee. And out there on the ones and twos, keeping us on the rails today is not our illustrious producer, Chandler Strang. It is our illustrious uh, producer 2.0, new and improved. That's our that's <laughs> my friend Clark Flippo. How you doing, Clark? Greetings. <laughs> and out there in Loveland, Virginia, getting into the Christmas spirit right. today. Is our friend jesse carey
0: hello hello I'm, I'm pretty excited for today's show speaking of the christmas spirit tyler i don't want to jump too far ahead because i know you have to introduce a guest but i had the privilege of putting together a very exciting game can i can i tease that yeah. out for later in the show I think you should because uh because i I know only a little bit about it, and I just want to
1: hear I, and i'm I'm excited about seeing how this how the cookie crumbles on this one and whats, up?
0: And Cl- what's going Clark on? will be playing the game with uh with <laughs> one of our our our, our staffers our, our our fellow coworkers uh Amy I'm later ready. uh Clark, I don't even think you know what the game is, so I'm going to tell you right now. Um and there's no cheating, <laughs> no looking at your phone or anything between now and when we start. The game right. is I'm in the Christmas spirit and the game is called Not in Our Lifetime and the premise is I you guys watch Lifetime Christmas movies, who doesn't? They're incredible. They you know. So I will read the title of a of a film and a brief synopsis and tell you who stars in it and you have to tell me if it's an actual Lifetime Christmas movie. Or one we just made up so clark get <laughs> ready man on. it doesn't get the stakes oh. don't get higher than this don't get higher. Yeah. yeah this is it the pressure's yeah. on the pressure's on yeah
1: uh, <laughs> i'm i jesse this is uh i feel like about once a uh about about once a week you come to me and you say tyler how does this sound for a game? And uh, I always say they're great because they are. I don't have to lie to you. We're friends. Yeah. Uh, I would tell you if I didn't like it. But sometimes they are a little bit better than others. And uh, you te- you road tested a
0: few of your questions <laughs> I did. on me, I did. and
1: I think I I think I did pretty poorly yeah. if I remember you correctly. Did, you did. Lifetime we'll to the left side of my. This lane. game
0: is impossible to win, and I can't wait to see uh, Clark. You and Amy both may fail. You both may get them all wrong, <laughs> but the listeners will win. But <laughs> well, we also have a great guest too
1: i'm really excited about this one our friend brooke Ligertwood is uh, back with us first time we've talked to brooke in a little while she's here to talk to us about the new album from hillsong worship it's called awake so we got that we got a game we got a lot to get to today so let's get to it. we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're gonna be doing some hot list <laughs> You're listening to Linus and Lucy by Anderson Pack. When you find out, Anderson Pack. Has a Linus and Lucy cover. No, you, yeah. you don't leave that no, out of the no, podcast. No. You got to get that. In. That's
0: the, that's included. Yeah.
1: It's a choice. You got to get that in there. Beginning of the podcast, you heard Prom Queen by Beach Bunny. Okay, it's time for our weekly look back at some of our favorite stories from the intersections of faith and culture this week. It's time for...
2: It's
1: There's some good ones this week, Tyler. Good ones. Oh, there's a lot. Oh my gosh. We had a lot of We had a lot of fun this week. Some, yeah. Sometimes you have to kind of dig a little bit yeah. for the news. Sometimes the news just comes That's to you right. on a silver just sometimes serves up
0: to you steam <laughs> and high. sometimes like this week I just make stuff up. <laughs> 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 no, this all this all really happened. This is This is all ripped from is, the headlines. It's all hot. Uh, yeah. It is hot. <laughs> and it's in <endless> list form. <laughs>
1: Uh, We're coming to number five this week. This is going to be interesting. Kirk Franklin is going to help produce an NBC series about the gospel music industry. So NBC is moving ahead with a new drama about the gospel music industry. It's going to be called Kingdom Business, and they're not skipping on getting the facts right. Kirk Franklin will join Holly Carter and Devon Franklin to produce the series. In an Instagram post, Devon Franklin explained the show is a behind the scenes look into the world of the gospel music industry and all the conflict and secrets that come with money, fame and success. Jesse, where are we at on this one? Hey, what do you well, think?
0: Well, first, I lo- I love the title, Kingdom Business. A little Inside Baseball. Oh, yeah, that's a good title. Uh, yeah. Little inside. That's right there. Like, so when I first heard the concept, well, I you know, Clark and I talked about this briefly on Daily the, the, the earlier this week. You know, yep. there has been some success with some of these perceived dramas that take place in the music industry that are so like sure, empire sure. nashville mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. looking at you know the world of hip-hop and 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 and, and country that have done really well and, and were interesting shows i like that this one is being made and produced by people who are christians who don't seem to be overly cynical about faith or gospel music. But True. the, that log line that, that, that you read that Devon Franklin shared from, from, I think it was from Deadline who, who initially kind of posted the release is, uh, you know, conflict secrets. You know, that come with money, fame, yeah. and success. Like, sounds a little seedy. It, yeah. it sounds very seedy. And that's kind of the fun of some <laughs> of these other music industry shows is there is a lot of drama, but this is kingdom business, man. This is, this is gospel. And, and, and right. you know, I, Kirk, you know, Kirk Franklin, uh, uh, obviously we're, we're big fans of, but like Devon Franklin isn't really known for like edgy content. You know, he's been on, he's that's been on true. our show before, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. written, uh, the least edgy content available. Yeah. I, I, I mean, he's done, you know, some of the, the movies that he's produced are, I feel like they're higher quality sort of faith based films. Like I, I feel like he's got a pretty good eye for interesting stories to tell, but they're, mm-hmm. they're agreed. I would not say anything that he's produced has an edge to it, you know? Yeah. And so, <laughs> so for them to, to kind of have this, this, this like, uh, you know, this intrigue behind the scenes intrigue of the gospel music. industry it's an, it's an interesting approach
1: up to this point, I, I think the relevant podcast might be the most edgy thing he's been a part of. <laughs> so I don't know if Kingdom <laughs> Business will set a new bar or or if it, this is the, or if we're, we're the ceiling yeah. on yeah. how edgy Devon will go. Well, but I'll look forward to hopefully get a document a little bit. Yeah. When but this, this is comes a out. This is network think, show uh, too. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, so so it's not HBO, so they can't get to, you know, this yeah. isn't going to be a, a, a like it's vinyl or or session behind yeah. the industry. Yeah, exactly. I do think that, living living here in nashville you do hear a lot about the the contemporary christian music industry which is related to but but obviously distinct from the gospel music industry and you do hear some kind of like uh behind the scenes stories that would probably be a little bit surprising to some of the listeners of k love now and then uh so i i think there's material there for sure i don't know how you know how dramatic this is gonna go if this is gonna be more of a if this is gonna be kind of mellow like melodrama Or if this is going to be a really honest, real look at what the gospel music industry is like, there's a lot of opportunity here. And getting somebody like Kirk involved is obviously a really smart move. I don't know if anybody knows it better than he does uh yeah so let's go cool. looking forward to it the more yeah, uh, it i don't think we even have like a release target release date or anything like that at the moment but it'll be fun
0: yeah just announced so i guess we'll, we'll keep people posted as soon as we find out yeah.
1: yeah exactly uh coming to number four this week joel osteen speaking of the gospel music industry joel osteen and kanye west reportedly do a massive event at yankee stadium oh boy Okay, so according to TMZ, (laughs) the duo (laughs) is planning an event that will take place at Yankee Stadium in May where Osteen will preach and West and his Sunday service team will perform the music. Osteen's America's Night of Hope uh, is sort of a touring church service which travels to major locations around the country, including several past appearances at Yankee Stadium. A few weeks back, of course, Kanye was a guest at Lakewood church in Houston where Osteen's the pastor. And in addition to leading a musical performance, he also took the stage and gave an extended testimony about his new interest in faith. Um,
0: I mean, judging from your tone, Tyler, (laughs) it doesn't sound like you're going to be making a trip to Yankee stadium in May. I I haven't been invited to this yet. uh, So
1: I, I don't see any reason for any of us to, to go. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to be. I I've, I know I sound like pretty cynical about this. I don't mean to be overly cynical, yeah. but uh, based on the, my mostly based on a lot of my my concern, I would say about this. My skepticism about this revolves more around hosting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For, you know, like sure. well, that,
1: that guy's just, he, he's kind of, he's kind of, I, I think he's shown us his stripes and based on his, uh, his, the, the industry that he runs there in Houston. Uh, I, I wouldn't say there's a whole lot of, I wouldn't say his night of hope is inspiring a lot of hope in me at the moment. Although I'm open to
0: having my mind changed when the actual event goes down. Well, Tyler, this is America's night of hope, so you better get on the hope train (laughs) because (laughs) don't it until you try. I know (laughs) it's America's night of hope. Now, listen, Osteen. I understand the criticism. I think you know most people's beef with him is you know comments that he's made. It's kind of been a part of his brand, sort of this prosperity gospel leaning uh, uh, approach to um, you know his sermons and his style is sort of a fusion between you know, honestly, sort of like self-help principles and, you know, kind of the secret along with the gospel. And so And he's not really known for his, you know, theological depth. I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really know what I think about this kind of like pairing because I, you know, the, 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 I think the thing that's concerning with, and we've talked about this at length, so we, we don't have to talk about it a ton more, but you know, right. the, some of the things that Kanye has said recently that, you know, makes it seem like he's kind of getting uh, uh, close to the prosperity gospel in in what appears to be a potentially unhealthy, unhealthy way. Mm. You know, this sort mm. of uh, honestly, yeah. it's it's sort of the prid quo quote. Quid pro? How can I not say it when it's in the news every day? Prid, quid pro <laughs> quo, <laughs>
1: spiritual quid pro? Yeah, quo. exactly.
0: Type of faith where you know if if you do certain things, God will reward you with certain things, and you know if mm-hmm. if you you know put him on your album, he'll you know relieve your tax burden or whatever. Kanye <laughs> kind of suggested. So I, yeah, <laughs> I, I think there is some concern, but uh, it's certainly causing a lot of conversations about faith. So it, it is. Yeah, that's a good if thing. you were if you were to take me back. To January first, 2019. Oh I mean, we're we're coming back on uh you, you know, the the end of the year here. And if you were to take me back to the beginning of the year and or or Tyler, and I had come to you and said, Hey, you know who at the end of the year, what is the most unlikely pop culture friendship and and, and, and kind of collaborative relationship that you think would emerge in 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 culture? How many guesses would it have taken you before you would have suggested Joel Osteen and Kanye West? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would have exhausted my list, my, my 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 Rolodex of celebrity names that I got in my mind before I got to to this one, for sure. And I do think that there's, you know, we we've, we've reported on uh kanye west having interactions with he's reached out to we're aware of uh of uh, jerry falwalk jr yeah. liberty university want to do a sunday service situation up there franklin graham reached out to about maybe getting involved and uh, doing some hurricane relief um and uh, now obviously have done a few different collaborations with joel osteen uh and these are all uh, i'm varying degrees of uh of of uh, good feelings, about good vibes, about <laughs> yeah, all these guys, yeah. let's say. I mean, very the, diplomatic the of moment. you. Yeah. Especially when there's so many, you know, really excellent people yeah. who I would love to see this, who could really use the sort of attention that uh, a name like Kanye could bring to their ministry, their church, or who are doing some really, really cool work. We talk, try to talk about these people a lot and a lot of them we've been very fortunate to host on this show. It's just a shame that uh, this interest in faith that he has had and Jesus is King has ended up taking him to uh, some people that we have uh, many times over the years on this show expressed a lot of, I, I think justified skepticism yeah, about and concern. But, yeah. But hopefully, sure. you know, if it, if, uh, if it ends up being a, a good thing for the people who attend, then, then more power to him. Yeah. I sure hope it does. I know I'll be there front row Yankee <laughs> stadium. So, <laughs> get my best life on (laughs) now my best life now (laughs) uh coming in at number three this week i'm excited about this the we work movie you knew was coming It's finally happening. All right. So no sooner have the fortunes of WeWork plummeted off the cliff of lay capitalism pipe dreams and into the icy depths of reality than Hollywood smelled an opportunity. Charles Randolph, who won an Oscar for the big short and wrote the hotly anticipated Fox News sex candle drama Bombshell, will handle the scripting duties, which will focus on WeWork's founder and former CEO, Adam Newman. Newman was hailed as an entrepreneurial wonder kind until WeWork's disastrous IPO saw him leave the company he founded. Now, admittedly, he made more money failing at his business than most successful owners could ever dream of. And that's part of what makes WeWork's story such a compelling microcosm of the millennial economy. Randolph's script will mostly pull from the reporting of Fast Company senior editor Katrina Brooker, who's reporting on Newman and his complex relationship with SoftBank CEO Masayoshi Son resulted in the huge investment that helped turn WeWork into a global powerhouse until it wasn't. Now, that's about all we know for the moment, but it looks like students want to fast track this one because in Hollywood, like in meteoric startups, timing is everything. There we yeah.
0: So there's a lot of layers to this story. Yeah. And, and I, I'm, you know, there's been, I've been, you know, consuming a lot of culture coverage that is reflections on the last decade. Um, mm-hmm. as you know, we're, we're clo- as we're not only about to close out the year, we're about to close out the decade. And, and, and I've been reading the work of a lot of critics and one of the consensuses I've kind of, uh, you know, observed, and I think it's a fair, uh, a fair statement, is that if you had to pick one movie that is the movie of the decade, the uh, what I've seen on a lot of lists is the social network, which social network. Yeah, is is, of course, the hard to Yeah, it, it's 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 incredible. You know, Sorkin wrote the, the script. It's it's an incredible movie. But not only that, like the story of Facebook um, really, it, you know offers a a sort of symbolic look at the decade and the generation that kind of came of age in this decade professionally and uh-huh. you know mm-hmm. it, it, and and it also is a movie about not just um not just a business and not just a technical innovation but it's a movie about how re- relationships have evolved and how modern mm-hmm. relationships um you know now are you know based on these sort of online transactions and so there's a lot of mm-hmm. ideas baked into that movie that served as a bigger picture for where we are culturally when you look back at the decade so i think we work in their story there's a lot of elements to the story that i feel like can provide that sort of um like you were saying in 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 your description sort of this like cultural microcosm, you know, I mean, it's about, um, it's, you know, it's a story about hubris. It's a story about optimism. It's a story about, uh, you know, side hustles. It's a story, uh, you know, about investments that are, you know, much larger than can ever a return can ever be expected on. There's just a a lot of interesting elements to this story that I feel like isn't just going to provide a look at what happened when we work, but hopefully kind of shine a light on, a bigger cultural moment that we're in.
1: And it could potentially do uh, the the social network really did a lot of work in defining how uh, millennials uh, millennials at the time, anyway, operated in relationship to each other Mm -hmm. and to the internet. I think there's an opportunity for the WeWork story to sort of do the same thing for millennial relationships and maybe Gen Z relationships increasingly to work and money. Uh, which are becoming increasing concerns and obviously have become uh, a lot more. Uh, there's been a lot more conversations about those things over the past couple of years. And I think the WeWork story is a really interesting, almost parable of how those things have paid out. And just the way that increasingly, uh, not unlike the Fire Festival story from a few years ago, grifts are becoming more increasingly sort of a norm and you couldn't call WeWork a grift in the same way that Fire Festival was but it's hard not to look at somebody like Adam Newman, who walks out of a failed IPO uh, a very, very wealthy man and not feel like there's some sort of not get a sense of of why a lot of people feel like there's a certain level of unfairness to how this tech economy has played out, at least as far as like Silicon
0: Valley goes. Yeah, for sure. And the other thing too that I feel like is interesting in this story um, is especially when you, you know, because we're looking at it through even kind of the faith lens, even though there's not a direct faith story here, the idea Mm -hmm. of WeWork in general, I feel like, Raises a lot of interesting oh, it's ideas. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so you know, if for people if they if they aren't familiar, if we work, it's it's you pay to be able to go work in a co-working space with other professionals who don't work in like a traditional office space. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it ultimately it's the need that it's fulfilling is people's need for community. Right. Like it's, people don't want, if they're not, you know, working uh, in an office, you know, the, the, the need that they're willing to pay money to have met is they want to be around other people. And they want to be around similar people. You know, that's a role that traditionally, if it wasn't met in a traditional workspace, you know, people would go to a place like a church for, you know, maybe not in the professional right. sense, but when they wanted a need for community, you know, that uh, churches a lot of times met that need. Now a place like WeWork is, has stepped in to provide people with a place to go. Yeah, obviously there are services that they provide that are helpful, you know, if if you're working. But at the same time, at the core of it, it we is in the name. It's about it's a place that is sort of selling community. And I think that's an interesting aspect of the story, too.
1: Yeah, and I think that's something that that I used to hear about this a lot more from uh from what we'll call like the Christian subculture. And I think they were really honest. They were kind of ahead of the curve in. In uh, calling attention to this, in like the uh, the late '90s, early 2000s, there used to be a lot of pastors and even youth pastors talking about the dangers of consumerism. Mm-hmm. You know, they would talk about you know how how bad consumerism was, and that's kind of faded away yeah. from the church right as it became a bigger concern in the mainstream economy, yeah. I think. And I think it'd be an interesting time for some pastors to pick up that ball again and talk about the dangers of consumerism from a spiritual angle, because WeWork did what a lot of places in in uh, this country at least do and have always done, which is find sort of a, a uh, economic way to exploit what are really deeply felt spiritual needs that we have. And in the case of WeWork, they, they were very successful at it initially until of course they weren't. Yeah. And, uh, and that's an interesting faith layer to this story. And I think there's a real opportunity for the church to, to swoop in and say, uh, "What we work is trying to provide here is something that uh, that the church has always, uh, as long as the church has been around, has provided very naturally and organically as part of the promise of Jesus Christ."
0: Yeah, 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 certainly, and and that's why that's why I think this movie has such potential because it's it's on the it, it, the subtext is almost as interesting as the text, and the text is very interesting. Oh yeah, you know, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh- <laughs> Let's let's take the subtext to text now. Coming in number two this week, <laughs> Netflix's new show, Messiah. Looks at a mysterious, miracle-performing religious leader. Not a whole lot of subtlety in this one. So, Netflix has released a trailer for its upcoming series, Messiah, and it looks like it might cause some interesting conversations and maybe a little bit of controversy too. According to Netflix, the show follows a CIA officer who investigates a charismatic figure whose followers believe that he can perform miracles and looks at the question, is he a divine entity or a dangerous con artist. However, Mark Burnett and Roma Downey, who along with being serious players in Hollywood, are the devout Christians behind the Bible series and the recent remake of Ben-Hur, are among the show's executive producers, so there's reason to believe it will have a particular appeal to Christian audiences. Here's a clip. In
2: a world. He's come out of nowhere and we don't know who he is. What do we know about him? He's leading desperate people. So this is a cult? We don't know who he's associated with. He could be creating an army. Or he could be leading them to their death. What were you doing in Syria? Delivering a message. A message from whom? My father. Anyway's your father? though? Who's lost it? What do you mean? He just disappears. No one just disappears. We all witnessed a miracle.
0: He saved my daughter's life. You need to see this. <laughs> I'm okay. Bury it for as long as you can. This is one I am actually kind of optimistic about this, Tyler. Like I I'm the the concept is there. The the concept is great. I mean, there's a lot of intrigue. And from the look of the the trailer, the production values there, too. Like this is this does not look like a cheesy Christian production. This looks like a real deal prestige TV effort. Yeah, this is this is a Netflix original. Like I feel like. Mm-hmm. Their their track record's hit or miss, but I don't think anyone would accuse them of doing things that are uh, of of low quality. Like you might they not be uh, of everyone's taste, no. but they're certainly putting a lot of money behind their their TV shows. I think the concept is super interesting. It, I think, like I said, the, the the visuals look really cool. I mean, it does not look like they spare any expense with them? Kind of doing some globe trotting, you know, in the trailer, and and I, you know, it, it, it's it's. I, I like it, be too, because it's, you know, particularly Mark Burnett and Roma Downey, they've done, like, the straight-up Bible adaptations, right? I mean, they did the Bible mm-hmm. miniseries, they did the New Testament, they did, they did all of that. And they, you know, like, those are huge hits. But I kind of like that there's a show that's going to ask faith questions that's actually taking kind of a controversial angle. Like, I, I think that's a, an interesting approach.
1: There's a lot of directions this one could go. Uh, we don't obviously know right now. They but I but I, I think that these the the idea of it, the just the, the straight up on paper concept, the elevator pitch, really really interesting. I'll, I'll be curious to see, yeah, where it goes from here. Yeah. I, I really can't predict what what the ending is going to be like, and that's maybe the most refreshing thing of any Christian content we we've had in a while. Is I yeah. don't know <laughs> what I. I don't know what twist the plot could take before it's all over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: So that's cool. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited for it.
1: And then coming in at number one this week. The obvious (laughs) choice. (laughs) (laughs) There was nothing else we could have gone with. A Christian version. Heavy quotes here. A Christian version (laughs) of the cha-cha slide has gone viral. Of course. (laughs) <laughs> so we are all familiar with Christian versions of famous pop songs. We, we've we been in this. This isn't our first rodeo here on Relevant. We've done a lot of these. Uh, it's usually how it goes is someone comes along, swaps out a pop song's kind of bluer elements for something that's more wholesome and Christian, uh, kind of like a weird owl, but for for church people. But this version of the cha-cha slide doesn't really follow that Tate, do you guys know what I mean? Because you've listened to the Christian
0: version of the Cha Cha slide. I, 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 um, I mean, right. I feel like it was it was all over the internet this week. Well, the the, the weird thing is like the original version of the Cha Cha slide, I would not call un Christian. Like it's
1: it's it's <laughs> it's it's very, it's, very, very agnostic. It's, it's very platonic. It, 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 uh-huh. All it is,
0: yeah. is 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 instructions for dance moves. Like if you've been to a <laughs> wedding Or like a skating rink (laughs) in the last decade, you've done this, right? Like it's literally just, you know, audibly telling you instructions to do slide to the left, slide to the I mean, there's nothing there's nothing, uh, you know, other than than dance instructions. It's a very odd song to try to 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 spiritualize about it.
1: Admittedly. perhaps the fact that it's just about dancing makes it the least christian song of all according to some interpretations <laughs> well, of good scripture Very good but <laughs> if that's the case then this version doesn't really doesn't really fix that yeah. it just adds it it it's it purports to to add like new sort of like christian lyrics yeah. like christian versions of these things but even some of those i wasn't really tracking with like what's the What's the Christian thing? Because instead of they say it's instead of slide to the left, it's don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Which does, is that Christian? I guess it's not Christian. Essentially, you're supposed to keep your eyes on. on forward, Jesus, yeah. You know, towards keep your up. eyes on the prize. Uh, man. Is, that, is that what it is uh, on heaven? They're, as straight and so- narrow?
0: Yeah, some of it, some of it's a little bit of a stretch, but I mean, I, we'll play a clip here, but for people to really appreciate it, they have clip. to see the the dancing itself. But Clark, why the don't... The video, yeah. it's a
1: visual slice. So yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll do a little clip. Yeah, here, here it is. We're about to get holy, 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 <laughs> holy. Holy, holy, holy. <laughs> Everybody clap your hands. Clap, 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 clap your hands. Clap, oh, clap, clap, clap your hands. <laughs> All right, we're
0: about to have some spiritual milk. To the left. Like, what is spiritual milk? <laughs> Take a step of faith. I don't pull. I'm kind Pray of just to try that, that. On the that devil, let's phrase, to be honest. On temptation,
1: let's stomp. Bible slide real smooth. Bible, Bible, Bible slide real smooth. <laughs> now praise and Woo! <laughs> to the right. Take a step of faith. Jump <laughs> out the boat. Right foot, let's jump go. <laughs> I, I like, left foot, like, let's out go. Out boat, to be honest the slide now, y'all. Now it's time to get holy. Get right now to the left. Take it to the grave and see it resurrect. Come alive this time.
0: Right fist. Okay, okay. Here, here's the thing. Okay. Yeah. I think we, we got yeah, we, we to call. Yeah, we, it. We, we've, you get the idea. Uh okay here's the thing. We spiritual milk <laughs> Okay, I I want to I want to cuz I've thought about this video a lot in the well, last 24 hours. It, it's visited me in my dreams. Yeah, because I mean as as you noted Tyler uh when you first <laughs> shared it on the site. It's actually been on YouTube since 2012 but kind of was yeah. rediscovered this week. And you know there, it, it's too easy to like go on YouTube and you know, find a video of some college kid in their dorm with an acoustic guitar doing a Christian version of like oh, sure. a, of a pop song. Like, mm-hmm. listen with, with the. I know sometimes we have fun with those videos, but like, it's it'd be easy to like just play those and punch down and and, and make fun of these earnest attempts. Mm-hmm. This one is, it's like I'm not really entertained and intrigued and amused by it because of like the kind of making fun of it element it's it's just so weird like it's very very curious like because i honestly can't put a lot of
1: work into it they put a lot of work like there's a whole dance troupe yeah and they're all doing this together so they so somebody worked hard on this
0: but but i can't i can't tell tonally if if it's yeah. meant to be ironic, if it's if it's know. meant to be like parody, if it's meant to be like a fun church project, there's just so many odd elements to it that I don't understand. You know what I mean? That like I I, I am amused by it because it is in some ways it made me laugh. It's it, some ways it's intentionally funny. Some some of the humor is unintentional, but more than anything, it's just. It's just so strange that that I, I can't stop watching it and thinking about the motivations of of the people who made it. You know, He's, if you're not if you haven't watched it yet and it's unrelevant, you, you got to do it. You just got you got to power through as
1: much as you can. You, the voice you hear up front it's a pretty like it's pretty smooth. Uh, kind of sonorous, <laughs> deep voice. It's coming from a guy you won't believe what your eyes when you see the guy with the voice, because he's a very slight of build. He's, it's not, it's figure, not, it's not what you picture a big baritone. A, yeah. No, assuming that it is they didn't overdub it, which they really could have yeah. given all the other strange elements of this video.
0: He looks kind of like the, the Blue's Clues guy. He does, but do you know, Someone I saw someone observe this. He's dressed exactly like Ned Flanders. He's wearing a green sweater and khakis. He
1: does, which, which is another point that maybe this isn't completely earnest. Th- that's
0: the thing. Like, is this... Like, who are these people and why did they make this? I don't and, know. And, and how much? I tried to find
1: out. I looked. I, I wanted to try to call them up and get them to,
0: to it's talk, a mystery. But there's no, it's a mystery. The mis- other thing too is I was looking at it and it's like, I can't tell if that's a real church because there's like stained glass in the background. I don't know. Or, yeah. I thought the same thing. Or is this like a staged type of, you know, like, did someone mm-hmm. create like a set of, of, of what is supposed to be a church? Like I, it, it, again, uh, it's amusing, but it's more of, of like a weird mystery to me, and that's why I'm kind of it's interested. in a mystery, in it, you know.
1: It's uh, I I am fascinated by this this clip, and I really when I sat down because I wrote about it for the site yesterday, and I really didn't know where to begin. I, I there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing to say about this song. <laughs> that it doesn't already kind of say itself yeah. it, it's just you just gotta see it you even hear us struggle into there's there's no angle there's no message it's just a bizarre piece of some of a it's a, it's just a weird video like YouTube.
0: either either it's just like a very weird church doing like a corny video or mm-hmm. it is like high minded performance art that has been sitting on YouTube we really could. For, <laughs> for the last six years and just waiting to go viral and it's the moment has finally happened and and, and and I'm almost leaning that way. It seems more plausible that this is weird performance art Agreed. than than an actual parody. And right. that's why I'm so interested in this. There's like 15
1: people in that video all dancing. Somebody out there listening to this knows one of those people in that video. And if you do... We would love to tell we're not gonna make fun of them. We're not we have no we just wanna know. I just want what's the backstory. <laughs> I just want the backstory. That's all. Just tell the story. We, so reach out to us. Yeah. Um all right. <laughs> and that with that, very strange number one, but but undeniably the number one story of the week. That'll wrap it up for this week's. It's the
2: hot list, The hot
1: list. It's Sisland. We're gonna take a break when we come back. Brooke Leggertwood joins us. Welcome to See the Light
0: by Hillsong United. Jesse, you want to tell us about the uh, our ad sponsor this week? Yeah, so our uh, so our, our featured interview this week is brought to you by our friends at Native. Now, Native creates safe, simple, effective products that people use in their bathroom every day. They create products with trusted ingredients and trusted performance. And Tyler, if you're not convinced, you can go check out their 9,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot of five-star mm-hmm. reviews from their customers. Oh, yeah. Very satisfied customers. Uh, so they're formulated without aluminum, and they're filled with ingredients actually from nature, like coconut oil and shea better and their formula has simple ingredients that you understand like you know you literally will understand everything that's in the product that you're putting onto your body they're never tested on animals and it's it's free shipping uh and free returns in the u.s so look man if you're if you're out there listening like well this sounds kind of cool there's no risk you can you can check it out and and if you don't like it, for some reason, you can return it for free. Uh, yeah. They have classic deodorant scents like coconut and vanilla. That's the most popular lavender and rose cucumber and mint. And here's my favorite. Tyler uh, got to give it a test run and I can endorse the eucalyptus and mint smelled fresh oh, and wow. natural all day. Very clean, very clean smelling. Oh, Big. I can't wait. Yeah. It also, hey, it also works. Making the switch to aluminum-free deodorant does not mean you have to sacrifice on product performance. Hey, so if you want uh, to check it out, you can get 20% off your first purchase. Go to nativedeodorant.com and use promo code RELEVANT during checkout. Remember, it's 20% off your first purchase at nativedeodorant.com. Use promo code RELEVANT during the checkout.
1: All right. Thanks, Jesse. Looking forward to trying that out. Well, Brooke Lagardwood is a singer, songwriter, and it helps front Hillsong worship. Sure, she needs a very little introduction around here. Uh, we, Jesse, actually, I believe, recently spoke with Brooke about the group's incredible new album, Awake, and the unique approach that they took to writing this album. Jesse, how'd that conversation go?
0: Oh, it was, it was a really fascinating conversation because, uh, you know, obviously, uh, I feel like Hillsong Every, everyone knows Hillsong. Everyone knows songs mm-hmm. from Hillsong Worship. But I was kind of interested in like what their approach is when they're sitting down to write a new album, because they've written so many that have really uh, kind of shaped modern evangelical music for a long time. And, uh, you know, I, it was really interesting to hear Brooke explain how they were really kind of reliant on... Uh, God and the the church there at Hillsong to kind of craft the direction. Like this is a very hmm. um, uh, a communal type of approach to creating something because it wasn't just like, hey, what's our next thing going to be? It's like, what does God want to do through the big C church and how can we capture that? Uh, in in music form and provide these songs to the Big C Church. And here's how Brooke explained it.
2: We started pre-production um, in February of this year, the first week of February. And um, that happened to be the week before um, our church does a thing every year, as many churches okay. do, I'm sure, called Vision Sunday, where our pastors kind of set forth, kind of prophesy over our church, really, and, and, and kind of set forth um, the vision for the year. And so we had our first week of pre-production, and we were sitting in um, my... A bunch of us, Joel Houston, Ruby Morgan, Bedfielding, um, Aidan King, myself, um, were sitting in a room and, and um, we started by, you know, listening to the songs that, that people were bringing to the table. And um, we kind of, we started to notice a, a thread coming through some of the songs, um, which ended up being kind of even more so as the weeks unfolded. But um, just even in the initial week, it became clear that kind of God was um, really saying something around this theme of, 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 waking and rising and kind of and coming alive and then um, our vision sunday service that weekend happened at church and i just sat there crying through the whole thing as basically all of the language that i was hearing in these songs was being kind of Spoken as a statement to the church By our senior pastors, Brian and Bobby Houston, and, and it just kind of felt like, okay This is this is something that you're saying God, not just through us and these songs But um, through kind of our Movement, as Hillsong, and um, Then a few months later Hillsong um, United um, put out their album People, and we thought, well what Is revival if it's not people awake um, And so kind of it became Clear that awake needed to be the name of The, the record, so really it's kind of, I guess um, One part of a of a a statement that kind of um, we're kind of prophesying over the the greater church, I think this year and beyond,
0: you know, you know, taking that approach, Tyler, I, I couldn't help but think um, about like the legacy of worship in the the, the, mm-hmm. the the history of the church, particularly as Brooke was talking about, you know, the, the theme of awake, of awakening a revival. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was really, you know, it made me think about the role that music has played in revivals throughout history. And I kind of wanted to get her thoughts on kind of, you know, that that legacy and how, uh, uh, you know, the theme of uh, awaken and being awake, which is the title of the album. Um, you know, weaves into not only you know worship, but also what God is doing in in the church throughout history. And here is how she explained it:
2: I think, um, I think that God uses, <laughs> well, God, the Holy Spirit, um, the Holy Spirit uses um every every form of engagement with Him to awaken us and to restore us and to kind of bring us to. Our senses, um, and that we're our spiritual senses, in terms of what he, what who he is, and and what he's doing on the earth today, um, and 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 prayer and worship have always been um, a huge part of, of revivals across the earth um, over the over the last few centuries and, and prior to that. And um, there's actually a, a song on the record um, which was written around Docology, um, which people who are you know, have grown up in churches. who think that would know, um, but but as we kind of as that was being written, and we were diving into kind of the history of um, that melody, it was pretty profound that even in um, even in the 1500s when that melody first came about and started to be sung by the church, it was basically a part of a worship revival that was happening in in Europe at that time because. Church had reached a point where um, where people would come into a congregation and um, they were disconnected from from worship because it was only chanted by the by the clergy in Latin. And um, in response to this, John Calvin started um, speaking about um, and teaching um, that worship should be available for people to be able to come and bring a song, bring praise to God in their everyday language. And the Genevan Psalter was put together a result, as a result of that teaching and that melody to doxology was. Part Part of that, um, so I think we've always seen worship um, being at the forefront of a turn and a deepening and an awakening in the church, and um, it's, it's this kind of beautiful cycle that has been happening for millennia, and um, I guess we will continue until Jesus comes back.
0: <laughs> the other thing you'll notice about this album is there's a real theological richness to it. Like the, the a lot of these songs, like I mean, there are songs on this album that uh, th- there's one song in particular that walks through sort of the history of the church from the birth of Christ, you know, through like the book of Acts, you know, like you actually get what? like a Bible uh, history lesson in the song. So I wanted to ask her too about that approach and the theological richness of the album. And, and here's what she said.
2: If we talk about um, an album and visual terms, like if you're approaching kind of um, a painting, or even a puzzle. Say, in a puzzle, I think one of the one of the first things that you do is you find the corner pieces and the edge pieces. Um, and so I think with Awake, this album that's coming out, the corner pieces and the edge pieces uh, certainly sound theology um, and a strong theological emphasis. But then there's also um, prophecy is another corner piece that's a huge part of this this record. Um, Intercession is another one, and I guess the other one would be that um, it was it was funny when we when we laid out all the songs side by side and looked at the lyrics and how much the Holy Ghost is mentioned and specifically referred to as the Holy Ghost. Um, which isn't, isn't a way that we refer to him often um, I guess in the modern church nowadays we would you know tend to say the Holy Spirit. So it was it's even interesting that um, I feel like yeah lyrically um, the Holy Ghost is front and center and, and we're being invited to, um, to look at him and engage with him and learn about him in a, in a, in a new um, way in this generation, which is pretty cool.
0: And finally, you know, I I wanted to see too because uh, you know the album is called Awake and it's about awakening, revival, and and I think that's such a uh, a powerful concept, but not just a powerful concept, but it's a powerful thing to try to put into practice. And I wanted to ask Brooke, you know, kind of bluntly, like you feel your church feels like this is what the message of the album should be. You know, does she feel like? Uh, the church is on the verge of an awakening and a revival and mm-hmm. and it, you know here's here's what she said
2: I'm gonna say yes <laughs> um, and if, if i'm if I'm wrong I would rather be on the side of um, faith and belief you know um, I, I really think we are I feel like even um, if I'm looking at the, the the signs and where things seem to be headed in our own church um, help I think I do think that we're on the brink of something, um, but I also know that there is obviously um, going to be great opposition um, to that. So I think um, we, as the people of God, if we're if we're willing, and there'll be people who aren't willing, and that's um, that's a, a that's a sad fact. Um, but for those who are willing um, to to awaken to into what God is doing right now and what he wants to do, I think it means there's, um, there's, a, there's a a battle ahead of us. Um, there's a battle on right now. And it also means um, that we have to be, um, we can encourage ourselves and, and, and the responsibility that we have to, hopefully be, be of that if God's going to pour out his spirit in a new way in this generation, then will we be the people who are willing to not take that for granted or be familiar with it or trample on it, but will we be the people who recognize it as precious and step into it with great humility, um, but also with um, a great sense of the authority that we have to, to, to go forth and make sure the all nations.
0: So, yeah, it's a, it's a great album. Like I said, very theologically rich, man. I, I was really impressed with the it's album cool. with with the with the optimism and, and also what the album is trying to do. It's trying to fuel revival, which I think is a really good uh, and, and kind of an admirable thing. So, uh, yeah, you can check it out. It's Awake. It is out now. It's Hillsong Worship.
1: Oh, man. Thanks a lot for doing all that, Jesse. Yeah, man. That was Brooke Laggardwood. Next up, Jesse's Game, Not in Our Lifetime. <laughs> You're listening to So Heavy I Fell Through the Earth by Grimes. I think I helped inspire that one. (laughs)
0: post-Thanksgiving. <laughs> Hey-oh! Okay, you, yeah. you hear that, you kid? It, folks? <laughs> I had some turkey. I had that pumpkin pie. Round two, please. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Sorry, right. I'm sorry. That was, that was unnecessarily right. mean of your... Uh, yeah. uh,
1: Jesse, I but I had some I... gravy, am I right, guys?
0: <laughs> Pass that stuff. And...
1: That was so... Oh, me and Grimes supposed to hit the same Thanksgiving feast. <laughs> I didn't realize
0: Grimes showed up to my Thanksgiving. yeah. <laughs> She's an older, um, I, did, I thought her and Elon were doing their thing this year. She's Elon Musk's girlfriend, right, Brian? She was. Yeah. yeah. Not, I think it, I think that's over. No, well.
1: Um. Uh. <laughs> she, you, you you blow one. You blow one electric truck, and all of a sudden, your girlfriend your girlfriend gets out of out of the picture. Yeah. Jesse. Why don't you uh, introduce uh, I'm gonna hand it over to
0: you. This is your right. game. Well Take i it from here. Okay. Well I will say this, guys. Uh um that I I'm glad Elon Musk came up because the the winner of this <laughs> game will receive a free cyber truck. <laughs> 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 Don't hold me to that. Tyler will be providing the Cybertruck. All right. Uh, so I, we're, I'm very excited to play this game today. It's called Not in Our Lifetime. And, uh, I've been fascinated with Lifetime Christmas movies. When I'm ever, when I'm ever channel surfing and I see one, I can't look away. They're so insane and they, they follow such funny formulas and they just, you know, they, they keep cranking them out every year. And they also bring in like uh, performers and actors who I honestly forgot about. And that's kind of the fun too. Like who are, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, uh, Aunt Becky from. From Full House, I didn't realize that she had a whole second life in Lifetime movies before this whole, you know, uh, uh, college admission scandal thing, you know, like they, they, they re-emerge the, the, these actors from our childhoods in Lifetime movies. So they're really good at Christmas movies. So here's, here's what, here's the premise of the game. And then I'll, I'll, I'll introduce, uh, our contestants. Uh, the premise of the game is I'm going to read the title and log line of a movie. Now, our contestants will have to and I'll tell you who stars in the movie. Now, the contestants will have to tell is that the actual title, long line and star of a lifetime movie or one that I just made up. Uh, so, uh, the winner, like I said, may or may not, probably not receive a free si- cyber truck courtesy I'm of looking. Elon Musk if he decides to listen and donate one. Fair enough.
1: I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking, I'm on Craigslist right now.
0: So we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. So, uh, uh, playing with us alongside Clark is, is, is our friend, our, our coworker, um, our, uh, lifetime movie in house <laughs> expert, Amy Fulbrook. Amy, welcome to. the relevant podcast
2: guys it means the world to me to be here
0: now how how often do you watch lifetime amy
2: uh like how often every day
0: or just (laughs) (laughs) during the day yeah uh, the perfect answer how confident are you knowing the rules of this game you're gonna need a title a log line and an actor that you are going to beat clark in this game and win this cyber truck
2: outside of the fact that I'm a female and like hmm. whatever, whatever is in, important for you or on you into uh, lifetime movies for me it's 12 times more
0: oh wow oh. clark what wow. do you think she she has 12 times more confidence than you <laughs> that she's going to win this game what's your what, what's your take how confident are you uh, clark i had no idea that there was a full house cast member in the lifetime movies so i you know <laughs> All right, I like your odds, Amy. Yeah, Amy, it's looking good for you for that for that new Cybertruck, that all (laughs) 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 electric. Don't don't throw things (laughs) at the (laughs) windows; they (laughs) break. I was going to say the window's still broken though. Yeah. All right, Uh, uh, Clark, I want I want you to start us off. Okay, this this one is called uh, "The Flight Before Christmas." All right, right. Uh, uh, two strangers, one played by the former star of Blossom. Share a room at a bed and breakfast when an unexpected snowstorm delays their flight on, guess what night, guys? Christmas Eve. The flight before no. Christmas. Did I make that up, Clark? Or is that an actual Lifetime movie? Hmm. Well, because you mentioned the former Full House stars, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to take a risk. I'm going to say that's, that's the real title. That is a real movie. The flight before Christmas. Amy, are you still All as right. confident?
2: I I, absolutely.
0: All right. Well, well, you have to tell me this is this film called the three wise guys real or not a trio of brothers who happen to be the sons of New York's most infamous mob boss go on a series of blind dates to try to find love on Christmas Eve starring Jonathan Taylor Thomas, the three wise guys. Is that a real or fake lifetime Christmas movie? (laughs)
2: Oh my God! Uh jeez. Um, the three wise. Uh, I no, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> wow, Amy, your confidence is has not led you uh, uh, astray. <laughs> that is fake. There is no three wives, guys. I feel like that would be a, a very watchable movie, but it sadly, it doesn't exist. All right, Clark, we're just giving we're just giving these out right now right. to Lifetime. Right, we're you, just yeah. Really gave it away was
2: JTT. Never with he be oh, really? the monster's son. You know what right. I mean?
0: Right. Yeah, I I can see Uh, that. I think he would take the job, though. I think he's, you know, I I haven't (laughs) seen him since uh, since his last Tiger Beat cover. All right, Clark, uh, this film is called The Magic of the Season. The Magic of the Season. A world famous magician must perform his greatest trick yet. Finding a date for the annual Christmas magician's masquerade ball starring Danielle Fishel, who played Topanga on Boy Meets World. Real or fake, Clark? (laughs) The Magic of the Uh, Season. That, that's, that's going to be fake. Clark, you are on fire. Amy, I would be getting nervous. Oh, he got no. that one right, too. <sighs> oh, no. I, I have instincts, I guess. <laughs> they're, right.
1: they're both they're both doing better than I was doing yesterday when you were testing this one out on me, Jesse.
0: All right, Amy. I, I hope you you know he's he's two for two. Okay, this one, Amy, is called the Christmas consultant. <laughs> the Christmas consultant. A workaholic mother hires a popular consultant played by David Hasselhoff to get her family through the holidays all in one piece. The Christmas consultant with David Hasselhoff. Real or fake, Amy?
2: Oh, that's real. You're right. It is real. Oh, wow. <laughs> man.
0: Man. <laughs> man, oh, man. Clark, Amy, we, got, we got a barn burner happening here. Two, we got a tie game coming down the stretch. All right, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A shoe addict's guide. To Christmas, a shoe, someone who's <laughs> addicted to shoes, a shoe addict's guide to Christmas. Noelle, get that, like that name there, uh, a okay. holiday hater becomes, <laughs> becomes locked in a department store on guess what night? Christmas Eve. There she meets a woman who identifies herself as Noelle's guardian angel and introduces Noelle's to several ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future, starring Candace Cameron Burr, formerly a full house, a shoe addict's guide to Christmas. Uh, Clark, real or fake? Hmm. Hmm. I'm gonna go with. Uh, let's do real.
2: Clark, you're right. Real. Oh man! Oh my gosh! We're gonna wow. have to.
0: We're gonna have to get two cyber trucks. They're both on fire. Amy. <laughs> man. Amy, are you getting nervous that Clark's doing so well? Never. <laughs> I like the Amy with the swag factor. Confidence. All right. All right, Amy. This this one is called Miracle on 1400 Pennsylvania Ave. Not 31st Street on 1400 Pennsylvania Ave. The president's 20-something daughter learns the true meaning of the season when the White House Christmas tree magically transports her back to America's very first Christmas, starring Mary Kate Olson. Miracle on 1400 Pennsylvania Ave.
2: I do not think that's true.
0: (laughs) Or real. (laughs) It's, 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 It's absolutely fake. But I have already written the script and it's fantastic. <laughs> and you guys are you guys you guys are unstoppable. Everyone, you're getting right. All right. All right. I gotta I gotta make it harder. I gotta make it harder here, uh, Clark. I, I I don't feel confident about us. about about you coming down the stretch here, okay? All right, all right, Clark. Let's see here how you, let's see how uh, uh you, you do you do on this one. <laughs> this one's called Christmas on the Bayou. <laughs> Christmas on the Bayou. A man played by one, Tree, uh, one of the stars of One Tree Hill from the CW tries to rekindle a childhood romance with a New York marketing executive who's spending the holidays with her mother down south. Christmas on the Bayou. Real or fake? Hmm. Let's go with real. <sighs> Amy, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, am I really? Oh my gosh! What? Wow, Amy, this is really coming down the stretch here. Okay, all right, all right, uh, <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Uh, Amy, this one's called "The Christmas Influencer." The Christmas Influencer. Uh, uh, Noah Cyrus, that's uh, the the younger Cyrus sister, uh, uh, plays an Instagram influencer who receives a mysterious DM on Christmas Eve that reveals the Christmas spirit. To this cynical Scrooge, the Christmas influencer. No. Unbelievable. Tyler, they're getting they've gotten everyone are right. You ta- are, you, a, are you talking like a streak on both sides? <laughs> I'm I losing my confidence in my game writing ability here.
1: This I mean, I think we just got to... this is what we get when we bring on relevant staff.
0: They're just too good. They are too good. They you know? yeah. are too yeah. good.
2: Or maybe it's right, a Christmas miracle.
0: It's a you're right. (laughs) This is a Christmas miracle. All right, Clark. This one is called Christmas on the moon. Christmas on the moon. When a solar flare causes two astronauts to get stuck on a moon base on Christmas Eve, they find an unexpected romance that's out of this world starring Alfonso (laughs) Ribeiro, who is Carlton on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That's going to be a fake This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. I've gotten everyone right. (laughs) All right, Amy, this is all right. You know, there's only one way to settle this. Amy, I'm going to read the last one. If you get it right, you win. If you get it wrong, Clark wins. That's the only fair way to do it from here, because we only got one left. I don't don't have this is how you have to break the tie with this one. Do you this is it all comes down to this. All right, Amy, are you ready? Challenge accepted. All right. Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever, based on the meme. A curmudgeon kitty voiced by Aubrey Plaza helps a little girl find the spirit and charm of Christmas in a holiday adventure. Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas.
2: Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas, played by or voiced by Aubrey Plaza. Is that what you said?
0: Yep. Yeah. Former. Formerly on the cover of Relevant. She was April <sighs> so in Parks grumpy. and Rec. What,
2: yeah. What a... What a great what a great cast um I say true that's a real movie
0: Amy for the win sorry Clark I know you tied but uh, I, I the believable. rules were clear <laughs> Amy unbelievable, Amy, unbelievable. Amy expect that cyber truck as soon as Elon Musk <laughs> congratulations uh, to this to Amy. And Amy. Yeah, that, to that was, everyone, that was very very impressive Goodness. The,
1: Clark, I, you, what, what I mean, it was, it was great work on wow. both sides, really. Uh, but, but Amy, the undisputed champion bow, of last time, congratulations.
0: Hey, Amy, <laughs> is this the best Christmas gift you ever had getting to play this game and beat Clark on a national podcast?
2: Just talking with you guys is gift enough winning on top
0: of that star on my
2: tree
1: wow (laughs) oh my goodness that's (laughs) a lot of pressure (laughs) you
0: didn't have to say it but i'm glad you did that was very nice thank you thank you thank you we we are you know i feel like i'm a gift to everybody and so i thank you for affirming that but (laughs) telling me something i knew i'm just uh
1: and and Clark, don't let it get don't let it get you down, man. It's the Christmas season. Oh man,
0: yeah. Well. I bet Amy will take
1: you for a ride or two in her Cybertruck. I bet she might even <laughs> oh, just take it, she might let it you throw it something out her windows block. and
0: test them out. So, Amy, thanks for being on. <laughs> thanks, guys. So how goes, I, Clark? I'm it's really disappointed. I'm really disappointed that my game wasn't very hard. They got you guys got every one. Like I usually <laughs> I think, I usually think I'm I'm pretty you know adept at writing these, but obviously I'm losing my touch
1: here. This seemed great to me. I, I thought you did a great job, uh-huh. Jesse. Yeah. Clark, yeah. you you brought you brought your you brought I, your whole game the to game. the. You know what, did, Clark? I'm going to throw in a cyber truck for you too. You <laughs> oh, did, you played you. really <laughs> well. It's a consolation
0: cyber truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take that cyber truck, man. Just disown it. You know. Roll the four wheeler in the back and everything. You know, <laughs> no broken windows, please. Yeah. Get you a couple oh, solar okay. panels for your new house too, courtesy of courtesy of Elon. Elon, please make good on these. We're making a lot of promises for you.
1: Uh, I think with that, we're going to wrap it up for this week. Hey, many thanks to Brooke Lagerwood for joining us. Always love to have her on this podcast. Awake is out now, wherever you get your music from. Also, hey, thanks to Native for 20% off your first purchase of Native. Go to over to NativeDeodorant.com. Use the promo code RELEVANT during checkout. Also, make sure you subscribe to Relevant Daily. It's on our Apple podcast page. Uh, You can listen to me break down the top three stories of the day every day at the intersection of faith and culture on the Relevant Daily. And uh, with that, I think we will send you all off to have a great weekend. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Clark Flippo. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you all on Monday.
0: Now, my best life now.
2: Relevant Podcast Network.